If you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim promo code MADNESS50. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up-to-the-minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie? You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use promo code MADNESS50, that's MADNESS50, to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Glory UGA Podcast. I'm Tyler, and joining me here in the Vivid Seat studio is my co-host for the day, Charlie. She's a little under the weather, but she's a trooper, and she's joining us anyway. So forgive us for her voice sounding maybe a little less than optimal, but she's going to rock it out regardless. Now, obviously, as for the show today, we don't have a game this week, but we've gotten a lot of positive feedback on these Picks of the Week episodes, and we also just really enjoy the interaction with the guest hosts. We love giving our listeners a chance to join us, so we thought we'd do one anyway, so here we are. But before we get into things too deep today on the show, I do want to quickly remind everyone out there that is still listening to us on SoundCloud or Podbean. I know there's still a few of you out there. This is the very last week that you will be able to find us on those platforms. Starting next week, our podcast will no longer be found on SoundCloud or Podbean. I know I've mentioned this a couple times. It's probably getting very old. But I just don't want to assume that everyone listens to every single episode. I hope that you guys listen to every single episode. But I don't want to assume that that's the case. And I don't want anyone to tune in next week on SoundCloud or Podbean and be like, where is the Glory UJ podcast? I wonder what happens. I just want to make sure that we catch it everyone. This was just part of our deal with Overtime Media because they are partnered with Megaphone, which is kind of a competitor with SoundCloud and Podbean. But if SoundCloud or Podbean have been your go-tos, I promise you will still be able to find our podcast and actually find it on what I believe personally are more seamless podcasting platforms. If you are an Apple user, Apple Podcast straight on your iPhone or iPad would be the obvious go-to place there. I think that's a very, very seamless place to find us. Uh, but you can also find us if you're an Android user and you don't have access to Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Google Play. That's always a popular place for Android users to find our show. The Stitcher app, TuneIn app, or at least we should be up on Spotify. We've taken care of everything on our end. We're just waiting for it to actually get up on Spotify. If it's not there already, it should be up there any day. So that's another option. But if you're having any issues at all finding our show, just uh, let us know. Feel free to contact us. We're happy to hear from you guys and happy to help you in any way we possibly can. You can hit us up on Twitter at Glory underscore UGA, or you can email us directly at GloryUGAPodcast at gmail.com. But back to the show today. For the second week in a row, we all had winning weeks last week, at least straight up. Charlie went 6-4 and four straight up and 4-6 and six against the spread to push her running season total to 25-18 and 18 straight up and 18-25 and 25 against the spread. It's kind of inverse there for Charlie. Our man Cliff, man, what a week. He had an outstanding week. It was actually the first guest host to beat both Charlie and I in the same week straight up. So major props to Cliff. He absolutely killed it last week. He went 8-2 and two straight up and 4-6 and six against the spread, which pushes our collective guest host total to 30-13 and 13 straight up and 23-20 and 20 against the spread on the year. Cliff got me by a game last week as I went 7-3 and three straight up 
in five and five against the spread. It was the AM Auburn game that got me last week. That was the one I wasn't overly confident on. But Cliff, he was spot on with his Auburn pick. He got me there. So now my running season total is tied with our guest host at 30 and 13 straight up. I do have a slight lead against the spread at 26 and 17 on the season. But man, I'm taking the lead straight up again this week. I don't like losing, even for one week. So I'm going to do my very best to get back on track this week. It was a good week last week, but Cliff, man, he, again, just now standing week, he just got me. He got me by a game there. But standing in my way this week is our Week 5 guest host, Wendell Barfield. Wendell is one of our longtime loyal listeners and is someone we, like, seriously, we always love interacting with him on social media. And uh, he is really helping us out in a pinch here today as the guest host we originally had lined up. Had to kind of back out the last second. No hard feelings. Things happen. Life happens. But Wendell stepped up to the plate on short notice. And uh, is definitely helping us out here today. So let's go ahead and bring him in. Wendell, again, man, we really appreciate you joining us today. Of course, guys. Always glad to help. I mean, it's really, it's completely our pleasure to have you on. We're excited to get a chance to talk to you. So uh, like all of our listeners, like we know you are a Georgia guy. But what else do we need to know about Wendell? Um, I am a college student. I live in Columbus, Georgia. Pretty much lived here all my life. Um, I go to Columbus State here. Um, I had an opportunity to go to Georgia, but I had to turn it down because I had an opportunity to run the radio station here on a sports talk show. Um, but it is what it is at this point, but that's okay. Um, I, uh, I enjoy watching Georgia football. I love playing video games with my friends, hanging out with my friends, and, and playing sports like basketball or flag football and stuff like that. So that's pretty much me. So that, that makes sense of your costumes. When I see your picture on, on social media, I'm like, dude, this guy looks way younger than me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you look a lot better than me, so i got to give you credit there. And uh, we were talking about I this before about you that. came on. Oh, I don't know, man. I'm an old bald man these days. Hair's going fast. Uh, but, yeah, we were talking on the show before you came on that uh, the uh, kind of behind the scenes there that you're probably going to be better at, the, at this than even we are. Not that we're that good on it. At it no, but, uh, I don't, I'm a little rusty. It's been a while, guys, but I appreciate right, well, that. You have the voice for it. I'll give you that, man, at the very least. All right, let's go ahead and get into this. Charlie, uh, even with your, your terrible voice today, we're proud of you for sticking through it here. I had my turn last week dealing with that. Now it's your turn. But I'm going to go ahead and turn over this bad boy <laughs> to you. Yes, I apologize in advance. Hope everyone's having a nice week. It's almost Friday, so let's get into it. We're going to start in the SEC and work our way around to other games of interest. Uh, the SEC slate is not especially appetizing this week, but there are some under-the-radar matchups that have the potential to be more interesting. The first game on the list, however, is not one of them, as Texas A&M and Arkansas are squaring off in their annual tilt at Jerry World. Arkansas is, well, we all know. Probably the worst team in the league. Probably. Again. <laughs> yeah. And AM already has two losses. The Aggies are favored by three touchdowns, uh, 22 and a half points to be exact. So nothing too interesting or intriguing here. So I'm going to go with Texas A&M to win and cover. Wendell, what do you think? Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go the same thing with you. Uh, I think A&M is going to obviously win and cover. Um, I think it has a lot to do to come down with the coaches, um, especially – God bless Chad Morris and that Arkansas program. But um, I'm going to go with some – I know people have been going or following or using this stat, like one stat every week. So I'm going to go with against the spread. Um, actually, A&M is 3-2 and two against the spread after following a loss, 60%. So if you follow that trend, that's actually pretty good. Yeah, that's um, but, a big number. Uh, but other than that, I think Chad, uh, Jimbo uh, Fisher is 100 times better than Chad Morris in that – and what whatever you call that football program in Arkansas. Um, <laughs> yeah. And also – 
and whenever and also the Arkansas quarterback, just to make a short story or a long story short, um, the Arkansas quarterback used to wear a Justin Bieber shirt because he was a believer or something. And then oh they God. lost this past weekend to San Jose State. So he took off the shirt, and now all the Justin Bieber fans are after him. So now he has all the Justin Bieber fans after him, along with the Arkansas fans after him. So he's got the heat on him this week. So I'm going to go ride with A&M as well. That's a great story. How did I miss that story? Did you see that, Charlie? I totally missed that this week. I did not. No. Where have I? That's crazy. Of Justin, first off, a Justin Bieber shirt. That's bad enough. I know we all have our superstitions. But that's hilarious. Justin Bieber, Bieber, he actually right responded after. to him. Yeah, he actually, oh, really? Bieber actually responded to it. Yeah, and – He's like, what are you doing? This is insane. So now all the believers, you know, all the young girls oh are laughing at him too. So, yeah. Justin Bieber, please just go away. Just go away. Well, that's, that's hilarious. That's hilarious. But, uh, yeah, I'm with you guys here. Uh, I t- like, it's obvious. Texas A&M is going to win this football game. They yeah. haven't been, like, especially great. They've actually been pretty underwhelming this year. They've had, had a fairly tough schedule playing Auburn and Clemson in the first four weeks. But this, even outside of that, they haven't been, like, a dominant team. Um, but like you guys said, Arkansas, like, they've been flat out embarrassingly bad. Like, it's not even funny right now. That loss to San Jose State, that should never happen. But never. yeah, that should never happen. I don't care how bad you are. If you go winless in the SEC, whatever, that should never happen. But that's just where this Hogs program is right now. Um, you get, and they almost lost to Portland State. I was sitting at a bar in Nashville watching that game because there wasn't much on that 12 o'clock window in week one. And I was like, oh, my God, like this is like they are they might lose this game. And then they lost to an Ole Miss team that's terrible in their own right. Uh, and they very well could go winless in the SEC for the second straight season. I mean, on, yep. if you look at it, it's going to take a major upset for them to get a win, a single win in the leagues. It's just, God, it's – God, I feel bad for them, honestly. Like I, you, I do Charlie, too. Uh, yeah, Charlie felt, feels bad for the Tennessee people. I don't feel any sympathy for Tennessee, but I do feel sympathy for Arkansas. Like they, I don't have anything against them. But man, it's, it's just rough. It's rough. I just like if that was ever us, I I don't I I would walk into oncoming traffic. I couldn't handle it. I just I don't, last relevant team in was it two thousand six with Darren McFadden in two thousand seven. Yeah, that's about right. I mean, right? That you have to go back that far to like, to find a really truly relevant. I mean, maybe with uh Ryan Mallet, they did they have a Sugar Bowl team? Yeah, maybe lost to Louisville. Yeah, that's but, right. But that that's a one random team in this like decade and a half period of time. So yeah, they just it's bad for them. But uh, you, you talk about Nick Starkle there with the Bieberites, but uh. Uh, the believers—that what they call themselves? Something believers, like that. yeah, believers. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Uh, but they made the move to him. I mean, he just got the starting job a couple games ago. And he's actually a former A&M quarterback who transferred to Arkansas after losing the job to Kellen Mond when Jimbo came in there. Uh, and he had a—you know—they they made the move to him, but he threw five picks against San Jose State. I couldn't—I be- didn't watch that game because I was watching a, a much more exciting game in, in Sanford Stadium. But when I came Absolutely. back and looked at those stats, and I was like, "Oh my God, he threw five picks!" And he's Played the entire game? Like, what is happening? Uh, they have no ground game to speak of. The supposedly high-flying Chad Morris office just hasn't gotten off the ground a year and a half into his tenure. Um, then I, and I don't want to get too much in this game. It's just like, God, like no one cares about this game. But yeah. A&M, though, just hasn't – They just, they've been like – it's another pretty good A&M team. And that's kind of what they've been. Pretty good. They haven't been bad, but they've been pretty good and just not great. I think that's what they are again this year. A lot of people were expecting them to make that year two jump under Jimbo Fisher, but it just hasn't happened yet. And based on what I've seen through four games, I don't think it's going to happen this year. They, they And, like, sure, they have talent. They're, they're talented enough. Like, when they hit that perfect Saturday when everything just clicks – they have the ability to upset a top 10 caliber team, but they aren't that team week in and week out. There's just too much inconsistency. So I'll say more about AM for a, a game that has a little bit more relevancy to it. Uh, but just sure. suffice it to say, AM, they're going to win this football game. 
And uh, I think they're going to win it big because Arkansas is just that bad. I don't know how you recover from the loss of San Jose State. So I'm, I'll take the Aggies to win and cover. All right. Next up, we have another game with absolutely no intrigue as another horrible 2-2 <laughs> Ole Miss Rebels are traveling to Tuscaloosa in the role of sacrificial lamb this weekend. We are getting all the formality games out of – of the way first so for some reason cbs picked this as the sec game of the week even though it has no chance of being remotely competitive since bama is the 34 and a half point home favorite i'm going to obviously pick bama and i also think they will cover wendell who are you going to pick um i'm going to go with alabama to win obviously but I'm going to go with Ole Miss on the spread just because I think everybody and their mom will be betting on Alabama this, this weekend. And I think that number is that that is that uh, people would probably think that number should be at about 40 or 45. Um, I think it's that low for a reason, not low as in 34 and a half. But um, I think it being at 34 and a half, it's a pretty good number. And it's a lot of points. Um, so I'm just going to ride with Ole Miss against the spread and go against the public. Be the, take the contrarian opinion. All right, Tyler. You know, dude, I, I actually might be right there with you. I mean, on the surface, thing, think Alabama Ole Miss mismatch this injury. Alabama should destroy. But the Alabama defense, as good as their offense has been, like South Carolina with a true freshman quarterback put up some points and had opportunities against this Alabama yep, defense. Absolutely. Right. And then Ole Miss, you know, say what you want about them. They're not, they're not a good football team. But they have enough talent to, to score some points, especially like if it gets in a garbage time situation, Bama puts some backups in. Ole Miss can score some garbage time touchdowns and maybe get that backdoor cover. So I don't think you're crazy at all there. Uh, I'll say this, though. I honestly don't want to watch this game. I don't even really want to talk about it because it's kind of just a waste of breath. Like, who wants to watch this game? Uh, I know CBS, like, they want Bama. Charlie, you mentioned, like, why did they pick this game? I, I'm with you. Like, oh, my God, I don't want to watch this game. But they picked it because Bama – uh, has their brand, and that brand brings eyeballs. Uh, but the really the only less competitive SEC matchup they could have possibly picked for the SEC game of the week would have been Arkansas at Bama. That's the only other possibility that could have been less competitive. Um, this game will probably be, it'll be over in about 12 seconds after kickoff. I'm not really going to dignify it with much of a breakdown here. Um, say, and I'll say this. Say what you want about Hugh Freeze, but at least the Ole Miss-Bama games were competitive when he was there. They were at least fun Absolutely. to watch. Yeah, th- those games were like they're kind of circling games. It's going to be a game to give Bama trouble. But, uh, yeah, not anymore. Shout out to our boy John Reese Plumley, though. Hopefully he'll get the backdoor cover for you. You know what? I, yeah, I was really excited to see him get a chance to get in there and play. You know, it's unfortunate he couldn't end up here with the situation, uh, with our numbers. Uh, I was excited yeah. to see him. Because Matt Krause just a kind of a, a punk, uh, to be honest with you, from what I can tell. Yeah. So I'm, I'm glad to see Plumley get a chance. So big, definitely uh, shout out to him. But Bama's a playoff caliber team. We know that everyone on the – but everyone on the Ole Miss staff uh, very well could be fired by midseason. This is a mismatch. I'm going to take Bama here to win. And you know what? You talked me into it, Wendell. I'm going to also take – but I'm going to take Ole Miss to uh, to cover the 34 and a half. I think it's that backdoor Love cover. it. Yes, let's do it. All right. So, on to far more interesting games. Uh, the first two is Mississippi State Bizarro Dogs traveling to the Plains to take on Auburn, the Auburn Tigers or War Eagles. I, uh, it's just too confusing. You can I, never figure that out, can you? <laughs> but why do they have two? Uh, it, with the Plainsman, don't get the Plainsman. Well, uh, Come it's on. confusing. But anyway, <laughs> Auburn is coming off the big road win in College Station last week and are favored by 10 and a hook at home. I am going to, excuse me, <clears throat> I'm going to go with Auburn to win, but I think Mississippi State will cover because after that high of winning last week in College Station, I think they're going to have a really slow start. Yeah. It's going to be a letdown. I like it, Charlie. They'll, they'll pull out Very the win, but Mississippi State will cover. Wendell, what do you think? 
that's exactly what I got. I think everybody's going to be all over Auburn after them going into going into uh, College Station last week and winning a big game. Um, I think ten and a half is way too big of a number um, for Mississippi State. I think it's a decent football team. Um, and also, here's my stat again for against the spread. I got Auburn since since 2017. They are four and six against the spread at home, or not? Four, excuse me, since 2018, they're four and six against the spread at home. So I think Mississippi State covers. I think it's way too big of a number. I think they're a decent football team, and I think uh, they'll take Auburn to a pretty close game into the fourth quarter. All right, Tyler, next up. I like that stat one. That's a good one, man. Um, yep. And I would say, like, this is a game I'm excited to watch. Maybe not so much the Bama Ole Miss. I want to watch this game. Uh, and I know Auburn is four and zero. I'm kind of with you guys here. I know they're four and zero, and they have two really, they have really two really nice wins at Oregon and uh, at A and M last week. But the thing is, I, I still just don't think they're all that good. Exactly. I, yeah, I just don't. Maybe let me rephrase that. I think they're a good team due to that defense, but I'm still not buying them as an elite team. I think that's probably where I am with them right now. I don't see them as a true contender in the SEC West. The offense, to me, just isn't good enough right now as they're currently constituted. Now, maybe Bo Nix grows up quickly and they're a different offense by the time we play them. I'm sure that'll be just our luck. He'll be a superstar by then. <laughs> But yep. he's not there right now. He's not. It's not just him. Their offensive line is better than last year, but marginally so. And they really don't have any game breakers at running back. Tarvius Whitlow, he's a solid, grinded out type of guy at running back, but he is not a game changing type guy. He's not DeAndre Swift back there. They only managed 299 yards of total offense, uh, offense against AM last week, and they're only ninth in the league in total offense as it sits right now. People are giving Gus Malzon way too much credit for this uh, early season turnaround because he's the offensive genius who took the play calling back. And that hasn't been the difference. That's not why they're better. They're better because their defense is really good right now. They're only getting up 316 yards a game right now. And they beat a and despite only gaining, like I said, 299 yards in that game, beat Oregon despite only gaining 383 in that game. And you guys mentioned Mississippi State got a solid winner of Kentucky last week, which, you know, they might be riding that high. But I, I will say I'm not sold on – Mississippi State either. They got some questions at quarterback. Is it going to be the true freshman Garrett Schrader again? Is Tommy Stevens going to be back from injury? That kind of gives me some hesitancy in this game. I don't know where to go. But Kylan Smith is a baller at running back for them. He's a leading rusher in the SEC right now by a long shot, 150 yards more than uh, Whitlow, who's number two in the league. But their passing game has been an issue. It's 13th in the league right now, and they might be starting a a true freshman quarterback on the road in a one-dimensional offense against this Auburn Demons of front, that's a recipe to get beat and to potentially get beat pretty bad, especially on the road. But saying that, I'm going to take Auburn to win. I'm with you guys, though. I'm going to take the Bizarro Dogs to cover because I'm just not confident in the Auburn offense. I'm not sure they're right up to score enough points to cover against what is a pretty good Mississippi State defense. Okay. And before we get into our next pick – I do want to make sure to remind everyone out there that if you are looking for tickets, if you're trying to make it to the Tennessee game next weekend as we try to take over Neyland Stadium, go to Vivid Seats for all your ticket needs. And if you're using the Vivid Seats mobile app for the first time, use the promo code OVERTIME to save up to $100 on all ticket purchases. So it's a great deal, and you definitely want to make sure you're taking advantage of that if you're looking for any tickets throughout the rest of the college football season. Next up, we have another SEC matchup that, while it may not seem all that exciting on paper, 
I'm actually really excited to watch. Kentucky is traveling to Columbia, South Carolina, as they try to extend their win streak over the Gamecocks to six games. That sucks for Carolina. Uh, yeah. five, I mean, wow. five, five years in a row you've lost to Kentucky? Oh, oh wait, it gets worse. So the recent games between these two have actually been pretty good games, and we play these two teams in consecutive weeks after we go to Tennessee next week. So I'm excited to sit down and watch them this one this weekend. South Carolina is one in three. God, one in three. But somehow they're the four-point home favorite in this one. So that's really scary. One and three. And they're a fa- and they're favorite in this game. What and does I tell so, you about Kentucky? We're yeah. in the fifth week of college, but that's just yeah. sad. But yeah. anyway, so I'm going to pick South Carolina to win and cover, surprisingly. Uh, questionable pick. But this is one of those classic toss-up games yes. for sure. So, Wendell, what do you think? Um, I think I think South Carolina is going to win and cover this game. I think it's a must win for Will Muschamp. If, if if he loses this game, it might be it might be over for him after all. Especially I totally agree, Wendell. Totally agree. Yeah. Um, I think Kalinsky's looked a little bit better over the past week. I know Alabama crushed them, and and last week wasn't the best, but uh, I know I, I think Will Muschamp will get it together this week and beat a beat a young Kentucky team this year with a with a with a young quarterback for Kentucky. I just think that Will Muschamp finally gets one together, and I think they win by a touchdown or about 10 points. I think it'll be a, a little bit – a little close of a game in the fourth quarter, but other than that, I think USC – I think they kind of run away with it. I think they beat them by two scores. I know that sounds crazy, but I think Will Muschamp has to win this game. So, I think they're going to go all out. All right, Tyler. Yeah, Wendell, I think you're spot on with this one again, man. I Because, man, South Carolina, they need this one. You're, you need Nailed this game. They're one and three right now. And let's look at the rest of the schedule along the way. They still got to go to Georgia. They've got to play Florida at home, go to AM, and then play Clemson at home to, to close out the regular season. That's left on their schedule. So if you look where they are right now, that's four games that I think any reasonable college football fan would say, yeah, they're probably going to lose those games. So they're going to have to pull an upset to make it to bowl eligibility, even if they win all the other games. They're going to have to win one of those four games. But if they lose this one at home to Kentucky, that means they're going to have to win two of those four games I just mentioned just to get to six and six. Tough times to be a cock, man. It really is. It, I mean, it's tough for Arkansas, but right now those those South Carolina fans, and they're delusional as it is. Like, And I don't feel sorry for them at all. Like, I, if you guys listen to the show, you know I have no love. Last year was fun. Last year was fun. No, last year was amazing. I had a great time there in Columbia last year, yeah. but uh, – but uh, I've had some pretty rough experiences there, too. So I got I feel no sympathy for them whatsoever. But fortunately for Carolina, Kentucky's not very good right now either. Sawyer Smith, who filled in for uh, – who's filling in the rest of the season for Terry Wilson, he did kind of look surprisingly effective in that game against Florida. But, man, he was flat out awful last week against Mississippi State. He only completed 15 of 41 passes. It's like 36%, no touchdowns. But on the other hand, you mentioned Ryan Linsky, Wendell – I think for the first time, he looked like a true freshman last week on the road at Missouri. He actually looked pretty solid to me against Bama, and that was Bama's defense. Yeah, yeah. But he only, yeah, he only went 13-30 himself last week uh, with a 13.5 QBR. So I, I'm still trying to figure out who is Ryan Holinsky. I think he's a talented guy, but he's a true freshman. You're going to have games like that. But at the end of the day, I'm totally with you, Wendell. I think South Carolina is just the more desperate team. I do think they also have more playmakers on offense at this point. Uh, the two backup quarterback, quarterbacks will probably be a wash, kind of wash each other out there. And it's a night game at Williams-Brice, which can be a really tough place to play. I don't know how excited the fans are going to be at this point where they're one and three, but they do support their team. They have a long history of being terrible and just losing a lot of games. So their fans just kind of show up no matter what. That's just what they do. They're right. used to that. They're conditioned to it. So I think they're going to show up. It's a night game. They're going to be well lubricated, let's say that. 
and uh, that'll be a rocking <laughs> environment. And so I think, yeah, I'm with you, man. I think uh, give me the Cox to win and also cover that four. I think uh, at least a 10-point win for them is what I'm predicting. All right. Just throw it to Brian Edwards 75 times that game. Yeah, please. I mean, that, that dude's going to be the best player on the field on Saturday night in that game. Just give Absolutely. him the ball. Give him the ball. Okay. Moving out of the SEC, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, fresh off their defeat between the hedges last week, are returning home to South Bend as the 10.5-point favorite over the 4-0 and 18th-ranked Virginia Cavaliers. I'm also interested in this one because now I'm a Notre Dame fan the rest of the way because we need that win to look as good as it possibly can. So we need the Irish to win out, and it starts this week against the Hoos. And can I just say before I make my pick, did you see the red and black ad? No, it's Athens Banner Herald. Get it right. Okay. Well, I mean that makes more sense, yes. but we live in Athens, so I get them confused. Yes. Did you see it? I saw it. Did you see it? I, I did see that. Yeah. It was classy, but we went up there for that game in 2017, and that's not surprising. They were really good people. I have to give them credit for that. And we ran into some Notre Dame fans because they were, like, everywhere, it seemed, on Friday. They were all very nice and said everyone had been very nice to them. So, thank you, Dog Nation. Good job. Anyways, so my pick for this game is going to be Notre Dame. However, I think Virginia will cover. Wendell, what do you think? Um, I think Notre Dame after a tough loss. I think they're going to go. Go into their home uh, with a home field advantage, and I think they're going to win and obliterate Virginia. I think they realize that um, after this week, it's all or nothing for them. Um, they have to win out, and they have to win big. They have to put up style points. Um, I think they're going to win by 20-plus, especially Virginia. Uh, really struggling against an old Dominion team who likes to beat up on Virginia teams, it seems. Um, so I think Notre Dame and Ian Buck are going to have a big game next week. Um, they're going to get back up on that, that turnover margin that they had. They have, I think they've over the last 14 games, I think Kirby said this, that they've had – they've won the turnover battle in every single game. So, I'm going to go with Notre Dame uh, minus 10.5 and, and obviously to win. All right. Tyler. You're a smart man, Wendell. got to give you credit, So, man. I'm an idiot? I mean, I didn't say that exactly. <laughs> you, you can certainly take that. <laughs> I, mean, look, I, look, I didn't say, I didn't say it. Know, no, it's horrible. It's I know I'm doing horrible. No, you're, you're I, doing fine. You're doing, doing great. Fine. I think I sabotage myself so that everybody else looks good. No, it's just you have trouble with the spread. You you can I, pick winners. I, yeah. You just have trouble with the spread. Yeah, I don't think you fully understand the spread. We I, I had to explain this to you like I five times. I understand it, but how, yourself. No, you never know how people are. You know, no, it's tough. It's hard. I mean, look, if you're like above fifty percent, you're good against the spread okay. more or less. If you if you saw my account, the best I was trying to change planet. every pick on Saturday afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Uh, all right. So it was my turn. Yeah, yeah window upset. Sorry. I'm sorry. You got me off track, Charles. All right. So um, I'm totally with 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 both of you guys. Oh, I'm with you first off, Charles. It was a classy move by Notre Dame with what they did with the Banner Herald. And I am with you. I'm a big Notre Dame fan the rest of the way because uh, because it helps us. I don't really care about Notre Dame. It just helps us. So I do care about them. Uh, so I think they, I, I mentioned this earlier in the week on one of our shows. I think they could be 11 and one. I think they could potentially win out. There's a couple potential landmines. This could be one of them if they don't play well. If, if they're like a, if it's a hangover type scenario, but I think Notre Dame is just a better football team. I'm with you, Wendell. They're just they're a better football team. And, and I'm I'm speaking from a, from a, the perspective of a guy who's actually watched Virginia a lot this year. I know that sounds crazy. Why would a Georgia guy watch Virginia? I just like college football, so I watch as much as I can. I record games that I can't, that I don't watch during the day on Saturday and watch them on Sunday. So I've actually seen uh, three of Virginia's games this year. I didn't watch the game against Old Dominion, but I've seen them play quite a bit. So I have a, a pretty good frame of reference of what this team is, and Notre Dame is just a better team. Bryce Perkins is a good quarterback. He's a good, stable, solid quarterback who can make plays with his legs for the Hoos. He protects the football, does a good job of that. But if you watch the offensive system, they're actually pretty similar. 
philosophically to us, but they do it with inferior talent. They actually, if possible, they play slower than we do. Their offensive system, <laughs> our offensive system, look like Oklahoma or Ohio State. That's what we look like in comparison to this Virginia offense. And then Notre Dame, on the other hand, I think that defense is actually pretty good. They've actually recruited some speed on that defense. Those guys can play. I truly believe they can stop this Virginia ground game, which is really isn't that dynamic in the first place. What Virginia likes to do is they throw a bunch of short passes to wide receivers in space, and they like, kind of let them make plays. But Notre Dame showed me last week that they were a great tackling defense. We didn't get those big chunk plays, especially in the running game last week, that we normally are able to, to uh, break off because they just did a great job of tackling our guys in space. So I think if they can do that again this week, they can limit the big plays for, for Virginia because Virginia really kind of relies on those plays. Uh, Bryce Hall on uh, as cornerback on Chase Claypool, wide receiver, that's an interesting matchup. But I think Cole Komet could have a big day against Virginia's slower linebackers. They're really not all that athletic at linebacker. They have to bring a lot of pressure. They're going to see some one-on-one opportunities uh, with Komet at tight end. And if what we saw Saturday is any indication, that guy could have another big game against Virginia. So I'm going to take Notre Dame to win, and I'm with you, Wendell. I think they win pretty convincingly in this one. So I'm going to take them to cover as well. Okay. Don't forget who we open up with next year as well. Yes, yeah, absolutely. So and maybe that's why subconsciously I've been watching a lot of Virginia because I know we're playing them next year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. On that Monday night? I know you're excited about that, Charlie. I don't like that. Oh, that is on Monday. That's right. Yeah, Labor Day night. Yay. Not enthusiastic. No. Okay. So out west, we have a top 25 matchup between number 21 USC and number 17 Washington in Seattle. Jacob Eason and company are favored by nine and a half at home over the surprisingly three and one Trojans who are fresh off a top 10 win last week over Utah. And I will remind you. That Damn you, Utah. Tyler. Let me down. Picked <laughs> to be in the college football playoff. And not sure. I was at a bar now. downtown on Saturday. Keeping up with that game. I was like, Jesus yeah. Christ. This is really happening. And you had Michigan in the playoffs, didn't you? Shut up. Wow. Yeah, okay. I, who picked Michigan to beat yeah, Wisconsin? Well, huh? I, mean, again, I mean, I know I'm horrible. It's okay. Wow. Just. Firing so, shots at this anyways, here. Right. I'm going to pick Washington to win and cover this game. Wendell, what are you going to pick? Um, I'm going to go with Washington to win the game, but I have absolutely no idea how how Washington is a nine and a half point favorite. They're three and six at home against the or three and six against the spread at home. Um, Jacob Eason looked shaky against uh, decent D lines, and I think uh, USC's D line, which they got a lot of pressure on. I forgot the quarterback's name for Utah was last week. They got a lot of pressure on him, and it was a good reason why they were able to. Um, to stop Utah and, and stop that run game and that pass game that Utah has. I still think Utah is a very good team, but I think USC has a lot of talent. Um, and I think Matt Fink coming in, a dude that just came in and spun the ball or threw the ball all over the field last week. Um, I think it'll be a lot closer game than nine and a half. I don't know why that, that number is huge. It's a crazy years. number. I, I don't get it. I'm with yeah. you. I don't get it. Um, so that kind of scares me, but I, I, I like USC getting the points who are a pretty good road team um, under Clay Helton or they're, they cover at least on the road with uh, with Clay Helton. So I'm going to go with Washington to win and USC to cover the nine and a half. All right, Tyler, what's your pick? Yet again, I'm completely the window here. It looks like it's probably going to be Matt Fink again for USC because Keaton Slow is still in concussion protocol as as of yesterday. That's what I saw yesterday. And uh, okay. he looked really good against Utah. I'll give him that. But I'm not sure he can do it again on the road against Jimmy Lake in the very well-coached Washington defense. And this is a big spot for Jacob Eason. He's been really actually good this year, with, with the exception of that Cal game, which was kind of a weird game because there were a couple of different delays. He got kicked off really late, uh, some weather issues there. So, I mean, I, I don't know what to make of that game. But he's outside of that game. And Cal Stevens is actually pretty good. 
with Justin Wilcox at the helm, the defensive guy. But he's been pretty good outside of that. And I, but I think we'll learn a lot more about who Jacob is this year in this game. I think this is, this is big, their biggest game to date. Uh, Savan Ahmed, the running back, who's a big-time running back, has big-time potential for Washington. It looks like he's probably going to be out again this this week. So that could be a factor. But at the end of the day, I think Jimmy Lake, defense coordinator for Washington, will make life a lot tougher for Fink than Utah did. I couldn't believe what I was watching with Utah. I mean, they have – Jalen Johnson's a good corner for Utah, but they just went man coverage the entire game. And I get what they're thinking to a degree, like, okay, it's third-string quarterback. We can man up on this guy. But they for, I guess they forgot they have some really good receivers over there in their day. Michael Pittman just lit them up over 200 yards receiving. They were just throwing fade after fade after fade, and they just couldn't stop it. So I'm going to take Washington to win. But you know what? I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change – did you take – Wendell, did you take Washington to cover? No. I took USC to cover okay, the nine okay, and a half. I'm with, you, I'm with you. Yes, I think USC has enough firepower to cover. Sorry, my listening skills are yeah. – it's, it's the end of the day. It's a long day. Uh-huh. Excuses. Okay. Game day will be in Lincoln, Nebraska this week as the Buckeyes roll into town to take on Scott Frost, Nebraska Cornhuskers. Ohio State is a 16-and-a-half point road favorite in this one and what should be their toughest test toughest test to date so i am going to go with ohio state to win and this is probably another bad pick but i am hopeful that nebraska can come oh, wow yes. all right i like it wendell what's your pick i'm with you on that one too i think ohio state wins this game ain't their talent uh will overcome nebraska even though we say that because they've lost to what i think it's two or three years in a row they've lost to a, a team that is less talented than them was it purdue last year purdue yeah, last I forgot year. the team um I mean, it was um God, who was it two years ago? Oh my God, I'm... I can't remember yesterday. So I can't remember either. I, I'm like, was it Indiana? I can't remember. Uh, Indiana was the one that came to mind. It wasn't Illinois. I feel like it was a team in the West, the Big Ten West. They didn't. Did they, I guess they lost to Penn State a couple years ago. Yeah, they lost to Penn State a couple years ago. Who? God, who was that? It wasn't Northwest. I can't remember. We'll go ahead. We'll we'll figure this out. We'll, yeah, we'll that's okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and honestly, when they when Ohio State loses these games, they're on the road. They're two and three against the spread since 2018 as an away favorite. Um, three of those losses or three of those losses against the spread are against um, teams being a nine and a half point favorite or higher. Um, so I think Nebraska will cover this pretty easily. I think it's gonna be a really close game. Um, I think the crowd noise will help. Um, and I'm really interested to see. Justin Fields playing a, a decent opponent this week, or hopefully at least a decent opponent that Nebraska will be. So I'm going to go with Ohio State to win and Nebraska to cover the large 16 and a half at home. I like right. it. And it was Iowa. It was Iowa. They got blown out by it Iowa. Was Iowa. And Iowa was a solid program, but they lost. They got blown out by 30 points. And when everyone was thinking Ohio State was really good that year, got blown out. I remember out. that one-handed catch that Iowa player made. I, forgot. I remember that now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, like this game uh, – People, this was a weird game. Like people were pointing this one. I remember people, people talking about it all preseason long. Like this was going to be a big game. Like this could be, you know, the game where Nebraska's are coming out partying. But and maybe it still will be. But it hasn't turned out that way thus far for Nebraska. Ohio State's been really good. We know that, but they also haven't played anyone with a pulse. And I'm not sure that's going to change this because Nebraska just, in my opinion, through four games, they're just not there yet. They blew a 17 point halftime lead at Colorado. They got outgained in Week One by South Alabama. Beaten Illinois team uh, that just lost to Eastern Michigan by four points last week, and they're supposed to beat Ohio State this week. I yeah, that's not happening. Uh, I will give them this. It'll be a crazy night environment. I think their only hope is that Justin Fields 
looks human against his first like remotely legit competition, his first like truly hostile environment. I think that's their only hope right now. Adrian Martinez is a proven quarterback for the Huskers. Uh, he's becoming a real threat in that Scott Frost offense, but I still just don't think that's going to be enough unless Ohio State just wets the bed, like you mentioned, Wendell, like they did at Purdue last year, at, at Iowa the year before. Um, it's possible because we've seen it happen, but I still can't sit here and say that's likely. I can't predict that's going to happen. So I'm going to take the Buckeyes to win. I'm not saying they're going to cover the 16 and a half late in this one. All right. Okay. All right. So there's actually a couple of solid games on Friday. And next we're going to pick the game between Penn State and Maryland in College Park. James Franklin. uh, Anyways. Hmm. And his Penn State Nittany Lions are the six-point road favorite in this one. Maryland started out the season outscoring its opponents 142 to 20. Yeah. Over the first two weeks of the season. But then mm, followed that up with a loss to Temple. So Penn State is the th- is three and zero, but this should certainly be their toughest test to date. I am going to go with the upset, and I am picking Maryland. I'm on the same page with you. I think Maryland. I think Maryland's going to win this game mostly just because I I don't like James Franklin either. Um, I think he's a punk, but uh, I'm going to go with Maryland just because of. They can have explosive plays. They're quick, um, and and I've seen Penn State this year. They struggled against um, some type of speed, um, just like a lot of people do, obviously. But I don't really yeah. care about the loss of Temple last week. Temple's a tough team, and I think Maryland will bounce back at home and beat Penn State as a big win for them this year. All right, Tyler. I feel like this happens every week. I come into every week with a game. I feel like it's like an upset that no one else is going to have, and I'm going to get one over on everybody, and then you guys always end up having some <laughs> every week. Sorry. No, it's all good, man. You guys are smart. You're smart people. Um, I don't know what to make of Maryland right now. That loss of Temple kind of threw me for a loop, but I'm not sure what to make of Penn State either. I watched that pick in a couple weeks ago, and they were really uninspiring. They won, but they did not really impress me at all. I'm not sure Sean Clifford, a quarterback, is ready to be a big-time player just yet for the Nittany Lions. You mentioned it, Wendell. Maryland has some pretty serious skill talent, and they play pretty good defense right now. But we have such a small sample size to work off of, so it's it's tough in in some regards. But I think Maryland has a superior offense by – Honestly, a pretty good margin right now. Uh, and I'm, I'm chalking that Temple game up right now, unless I see some more evidence to suggest otherwise. I'm chalking that up as an anomaly. It should be a good environment in College Park on Friday night. So give me the Terps as the home dog and the outright upset. I'm just not sure Penn State's going to be ready to score with them right now. All right. Totally agree. Next up on our slate is the is really only here because we want to laugh at Georgia Tech because they're the because <laughs> they suck because <laughs> they're the nine and a half point road dog at Temple this weekend and Temple is where Jeff Collins actually came from so I am going to pick Temple to win and cover Wendell what do you think boy would that be embarrassing if Jeff Collins lost two oh my win. god wouldn't it um, yeah the no analysis here Georgia Tech sucks. Uh, go Temple, go Owls. They're love it. winning. Love it, love it, love it. Uh, yeah, I, I, I really just, I actually, I'm, not, I'm trying to figure out a way to watch this game, uh, on Saturday night because I just, I just want to laugh for three straight hours. It's been a long week. I need to laugh a little bit. Uh, and <laughs> Temple, yeah, it's, it's, Temple's not like a great team. They're a good, solid program. I did watch them beat Maryland. Uh, although they, they did turn right around and lose to Buffalo somehow. That's college football for you. But, man, you guys are right. Tech is so bad. They're 126 nationally in total offense. They don't know what they want to do offensively. They're, they're trying to do – they want to spread out, but they're still trying to run this, the triple option-ish out of the spread, which – Shotgun, yeah. It looks ridiculous. So, now, that I, I will say they're coming up the bye, a bye week here, so do they try to implement some changes? I don't know really what they can change to actually make this thing function 
anything in any way that makes it look like a real college ball offense. And Temple can actually score. They're 33rd nationally in total offense right now. I think Temple's going to be motivated to play their former coach and kind of show him what's up. And they're just better. They're the better team offensively and defensively. And it's just hilarious to be able to say that Temple is better in all facets of the game than Georgia Tech is. I love it. So I'm with you guys. I'm taking Temple straight up and against the spread. All right. And finally, we're going to wrap things up this week with two teams coming off very disappointing losses as the fighting Mike Leeches. I was so sad. It was, I was so it was sad. fun to watch, but it, yeah. yeah my my yeah. fighting Mike Leeches are traveling to Salt Lake City to take on the 19th ranked Utah Utes, who will probably not be in the playoffs. Hey, they, um, they, 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 they're on the table. Blowing a 32-point lead last week to a very bad UCLA team. Utah is the five-and-a-half-point home favorite in this one. I'm going to pick Utah to win and cover, unfortunately. Wendell, what do you think? Um, I'm going to take Utah to win the game. Obviously, them last week, they need to just win this week if they ever want to be in the college football playoff. Um, but um, I'm going to take uh, Washington State on the spread just because Mike Leach is the best, the best coach against the spread on the road in college football. I think he's something like uh, 15 and – Fifteen and four on the road against the spread, or something like that. When they were when they were a dog, excuse me, when they were a dog. So I'm going to go with uh, Utah to win the game by like three or four, and Washington State to cover. I think they're going to bounce back this week. All right, Tyler. Wow, well, that's a great number, man. Now you're making me feel really insecure about my pick on this one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, okay. All right, sorry, but I'm I'm going to stick to my guns. But wow, now I don't feel good about it. But the Utes let me down last week. Charlie's right; they did. Uh, I will say star running back Zach Moss did get injured early in that one, but man, it was really their defense that that blew that one. They they're really surprising they gave us so many points to a third string quarterback. They just weren't prepared for that. Um and Wazoo is not necessarily the right team to get healthy against defensively. You guys, if you didn't get to see that game against Washington State or against uh UCLA last weekend, oh my god, that was what a fun game to watch. I'm glad I stayed and watched yep. a lot most of that. Um, but their quarterback, Gordon, threw nine touchdowns. In a losing effort. Uh, I just don't know. I honestly don't know that's possible. You, your team goes for over 700 yards offensively. You throw nine touchdowns and you lose. I don't know. But they did. Uh, but this one, this one's in Salt Lake City. I think Utah's going to dig deep in this one and be able to get the W. It's all about getting pressure on Gordon. If Bradley Anae, who I think is a really good pass rusher for Utah, if him and his running mates can get back to doing what they do and that UCA, USC game does not become a trend, I think they can get enough stops. They're not going to stop them all game long. They're getting, they can get enough stops. But I am concerned about Zach Moss being questionable again. Quarterback Tyler Huntley, uh, he's probable that he's dealing with an injury right now. So I just don't know. I do have some hesitancy there. But when in doubt, I usually side with the home team and the better defense, which in this case, on both accounts, that's Utah. So I'm going to take Utah to win. Uh, if this if this was like a – uh, a seven to 10 point spread. I would probably go with Washington state, but I'm the five and a half is tempting me. So I'm going to take Utah to also cover the spread at home. All right. All right, guys. Well, that that's it, man. Uh, Wendell, dude, you were incredible. Really appreciate you coming on on such short notice. You were incredibly prepared. Obviously we can tell you just like college football. Cause you, even on the short notice, you were just ready to go. So we really famous sport, I love it. So yeah, yeah it's the best thing on earth. It really is. Yep. It's the greatest thing. But thanks, man. You did a great job. We really appreciate it. And we will be back next week. Obviously, we don't have a game on Saturday, so we won't have a game recap show on Sunday. We will just go straight into the mailbag shows. We'll have that up for you guys at least by Tuesday morning. And then we will have our Tennessee game preview in the middle of the week. And we'll wrap things up next week with our week six 
Picks of the Week episode. So make sure to check back in all next week for that stuff. And just another quick reminder to everyone out there, starting officially next week, we'll no longer be up on SoundCloud or Podbean. If you have any issues on where to find us, just definitely hit us up on Twitter at Glory underscore UGA or email us directly at GloryUGAPodcast at gmail.com. But thanks for listening, guys. For Wendell, for Charlie, I'm Tyler. And as always, go dogs. Go dogs, guys. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.